Make sure you watch the Sunday School video for today. We are continuing our lessons on the parables of Jesus. How do you see this old world? Oh, how do you soak it all in? Oh, where did you come from and why are you here? And what does it all really mean? Am I just here to make money? Or die in the vain quest for peace? How can I find out if there's truth in the world? Or shall I just live as I please? I've been told that Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the only life worth living here today. I've been told that Jesus is the truth at all. So today we're once again going to be in, in the book of Matthew, and we're going to be noticing some of these connections between Jesus uh, that's found in the Gospel of Matthew and Moses that's found in the book of Exodus. Now, today we're going to be looking at what's called the Mountain of Transfiguration or the Mount of Transfiguration from Matthew chapter 17. But before we get into that chapter, I want to remind you of these parallels that we've already seen between Jesus and Moses in Matthew's Gospel. Now, we've seen so many different um, connections and different kind of similarities between these stories. Whenever you look at the life of Jesus, you see that he is truly what the entire nation of Israel was supposed to be during the book of Exodus. Wherever they failed, Jesus succeeded. And Matthew points out these things, uh, just like how Exodus tells us the story about Moses. Now, we've seen these connections. We've looked at the birth of Jesus and how that's very similar, actually, to the birth of Moses himself. We've also seen the baptism of Jesus and how that relates to the crossing of the Red Sea. We've noticed that after that crossing of the Red Sea, they spent a time of temptation in the wilderness. Jesus himself did that in Matthew chapter 4. After that, at some point in the story of the book of Exodus, you find out they come to a mountain and there they receive the law from God. Well, Jesus lays down the law whenever he delivers his sermon on the mount found in Matthew chapters 5 through 7. We've also looked at how Jesus fed thousands of people 
He fed the 4,000 and also the, the 5,000. He fed those two different groups. And we've seen that that's similar to what happened during the days of Moses with the, the manna and the quail. We've also even looked at the Last Supper. And we've noticed that that Last Supper, that was a meal that took place around the Passover time. In fact, it was a Passover meal that Jesus gave it new meanings. So I guess what I'm inviting us all to do is to not just see new meanings to the Passover meal, but to see new meanings as we read through the book of Exodus and to notice how Jesus faithfully fulfilled these things that the entire nation of Israel during Moses' day was supposed to fulfill. Jesus himself steps in and he does what we as humans uh, did not. Now, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 17 and noticing some connections between Jesus and Moses that are found there. Matthew chapter 17, verses 1 through 8. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. Just then, there appeared before them Moses and Elijah, talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground terrified, but Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. When they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. Now let's let's stop this story right here. This is really the, the bulk of the story of the Mount of, of Transfiguration. And this is what we get uh, of, of what happens. But really there's a lot of details that are kind of similar uh, to what we read about uh, with, uh, with Moses himself and the things that, that Moses experienced. So let's kind of take a look at some of those things. And I want to kind of share just a, a handful of those with you in this lesson. Now, I do want to start with kind of the obvious, okay? This slide, I've kind of put some things in uh, bold and underlined, so that way it'll draw our attention to them. Um, but I, I want to point out the obvious. There's obviously a connection in this passage and Moses. I mean, look at verse 3. Moses appears there with Jesus, and he's talking. But you know, there's a lot of other kind of more subtle uh, connections. Uh, for example, in verse 1, we actually start off this story with after six days. Now, of course, Matthew is telling us that, yeah, after six days, Jesus, you know, did this thing. Okay, yes, yeah, so he's telling us a time period. But you know that time period actually shows up uh, also in, in Exodus chapter 24. And it's connected with the glory of God appearing on that mountain. And the, the idea of six days is connected there. Now, I know that's kind of a subtle difference uh, or, or a subtle connection. But I wanted to point that out. Another subtle connection also found in verse 1. I guess actually all of these are found in verse 1. But another one that's found in verse 1 is that three people are mentioned, Peter, James, and John. Now, to us, yeah, okay, they're the inner circle, and they, they do appear um, at, at different times. So, yeah, these were three people that Jesus was especially close to. But, you know, there's also another connection to the Exodus story. Also, in Exodus chapter 24, are you aware that it's not Peter, James, and John that time, but it's Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu? Now, those are three that are mentioned, and they're connected with Moses himself. And whenever Moses goes up onto the mountain, they kind of go a little bit closer, kind of like how Peter, James, and John are doing. They fill the same type of role. And we also find out another kind of connection as well, found in verse 1, is that this takes place 
up a high mountain. Well, whenever you read about mountains in the Old Testament, yeah, there are a few different mountains, but Mount Sinai definitely uh, can come to our mind. And there at Mount Sinai, that's where they received the law. And, you know, that was kind of the lesson last week. So I'm not going to go into all of those things. But, yes, there's a lot of connections with mountains and uh, the, the people of God during Moses' day. So we see these connections. Some of them make sense. Some of them are right there in our faces. And some of them are a little bit more difficult to see. But all of them are so important. And I want to uh, just draw your attention one more thing on this slide. And this is going to be kind of a running thing. So if you don't get anything else from this lesson, make sure you get this from verse 5. That that voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love, with him I will please, listen to him. So if you don't get anything else, make sure that we understand we have got to be listening to Jesus. He is the one who is so important. Yes, Moses and Elijah, very important characters in the Old Testament. Not trying to, to undermine them at all, except for the fact that they don't compare to Jesus. Jesus himself, we have to listen to Jesus. We need to pay attention. But let's notice some more uh, connections, actually, between the, the Moses story and also what we see here uh, in this interesting uh, occasion of this uh, Mount of Transfiguration. Now, I've already pointed out from verse 3 uh, that we see Moses, but we also see Moses and Elijah. Now, you probably have already made these connections, and, and maybe you've kind of uh, heard preachers point these things out. I know that I've even kind of pointed some of these things out myself. Uh, in this passage, we see that Jesus is going up on this mountain, and there with him we see Moses and we see Elijah. Moses is closely connected with the law. Elijah is closely connected with the prophets. Now, he's not the only prophet, and I don't know that you would necessarily say he's the even the greatest prophet necessarily, but there is a, another connection of these two. Yes, we see the, mo, the law uh, of Moses and the prophet Elijah. Both of those appear here with Jesus. So we have the law and the prophets. But then we have, of course, this, this uh, statement in verse 5 that we need to listen to the Son. It's not the law. It's not the prophets. It's the Son to which we must listen to. And uh, let's notice a few things uh, about Elijah. Uh, another connection with Moses and Elijah and why those are two that would be connected here uh, with Jesus is both of them are connected with prophecies, actually, in the Old Testament. Moses uh, was told, and, and then he even also told the people, and we'll look at this later, but I'm kind of getting a little bit ahead of myself, but I want you to know where we're going before we get there. So Moses, there was a prophecy that God was going to raise up another prophet like Moses and that we needed to listen to him. Spoiler alert, it's Jesus, okay? Now, we also see another prophecy connected with Elijah. See, Jesus, sorry, God in the Old Testament he said that Elijah is going to come again and that, that Elijah is going to, to prepare uh, the way for the Lord. So both Moses and Elijah are connected with prophecies that are going to be, be fulfilled by Jesus himself. There's a lot of, of depth to all of these things. But let's take a little bit of time. And I know this is not uh, the main focus of, of our lesson, but it is within the text and I want us to take notice of it. Uh, and let's take a little bit of time and look at Elijah first. Then we'll spend the rest of our time uh, looking at Moses again. We'll kind of go back to that. So I know this might be a little odd to sort of insert this stuff about Elijah in the middle, but I do think it's important. And I, I guess it just fits the greatest right here. At least I don't know where else to put it because this is where it shows up kind of in the text and it, and it makes sense for us. We're going to be looking at 2 Peter chapter 1. Uh, apparently, if you remember, you know, Peter, he was one of those three. And apparently uh, that Mount of Transfiguration, that whole occasion, 
it really stuck out in his mind. And he brings it up here in his letter. In 2 Peter uh, chapter 1, he's going to be talking about this prophetic message. He's going to be talking about these prophets. Remember, Moses and Elijah appeared there. Let's notice this stuff about Elijah first. So, and really the prophets. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 16 through 21. Peter writes to his audience, For we did not follow cleverly devised stories when we told you about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in power, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. He received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came to him from the majestic glory, saying, This is my Son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with him on that sacred mountain. We also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable, and you will do well to pay attention to it, as to a light shining in a dark place, until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things, for prophecy never had its origin in the human will, but prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So now we're noticing a little bit about these prophets. We're noticing why Elijah would appear there. Elijah is a representative of these prophets, and these prophets are connected to Jesus Christ because he's going to fulfill the law and the prophets. He came to fulfill these things that were stated about him. He came to be what we as humans cannot be on our own. He came to do what we cannot do. And we see these lessons with the, the transfiguration. And that's why after that account that we looked at in Matthew chapter 17, even Jesus himself kind of turns to prophecy. Going back, this is right after that, that occasion. Whenever we see that, uh, okay, Moses and Elijah, they disappear and all that's there is just Jesus. And they're told to listen to Jesus. Well, this is the conversation that they have right after that. Verses 9 through 13. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus instructed them, don't tell anyone what you have seen until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. The disciples asked him, why then do the teachers of law say that Elijah must come first? Jesus replied, to be sure, Elijah comes and will restore all things. But I tell you, Elijah has already come, and they do not recognize him, but have done to him everything they wished. In the same way, the Son of Man is going to suffer at their hands. Then the disciples understood that he was talking to them about John the Baptist. So now here in this passage, we see that Jesus is really you know, telling them, and it's, it's very clear in verse 13, that Jesus is talking about how Elijah, uh, Elijah most certainly was going to be coming. And he was going to restore all these things. I mean, that was prophesied uh, in the in the Old Testament. In fact, that's some of the last uh, few verses of the Old Testament found in the book of Malachi. So that prophecy that Elijah would come, it was fulfilled in, in the person of John the Baptist. John the Baptist came and he prepared the way for the Lord. How did they respond to Elijah? How did they respond to John the Baptist? Well, John the Baptist, they ended up killing him and they did to him as they wished. And they're also going to make the Son of Man suffer. They're also going to make Jesus suffer. And Jesus knew all these things. But he was telling them these prophecies have been fulfilled. They are fulfilled already. And the disciples understood it at this point. And we see that, that this about Moses and Elijah, it's going to be fulfilled around the time of Jesus. We see that that with Elijah, it's connected with him, connecting with his coming. And now we, we've looked at those things. Now let's go back to Moses from the Mount of Transfiguration. And let's see some of these parallels with Jesus himself. Now, going back verses one through 
8. This is what we looked at at the very beginning. This is the actual story of the Mount of Transfiguration. But I want to point out a few other things. Now, some of those that I pointed out before, uh, I pointed out the obvious one that, yes, Moses appears in this passage. But some of these less obvious ones, I pointed those things out. Now I want us to dive into some of the more important things. Like in verse 2, we find out that Jesus, he was transfigured and his face shone like the sun. Well, you know that also happened to Moses. Whenever Moses went up on that mountain in Exodus chapter 34, we find out that, that his face was shining. In fact, his face was shining so much that whenever he came back down to the people, they had to have him cover his face so that that way they just wouldn't see kind of the, the glory of God that was reflected in the face of Moses. See, whenever we are in the presence of God, it impacts us. It affects us. It transfigures us. Jesus is showing that in a very physical way, of course, in a very literal way. But it does the same type of thing to us whenever we spend time in the presence of God. And here we see that Jesus' face, it was shining like the sun. And we also see this connection that, that yeah, that was one of these, these things that was connected with Moses. But now our focus is not on Moses. Our focus is on Jesus. That's why after that cloud comes and, and the voice is, is spoken, whenever the disciples do look up, Verse 8 tells us that they saw no one except Jesus. And even that voice said, this is my son whom I love. With him, I'm well pleased. See, now we must listen to Jesus. Now we must recognize that Jesus is this prophet that, that, that was going to come, that was connected to Moses himself. Moses was a wonderful prophet, but it was prophesied that there was going to be another one that was going to rise up, that was going to be a prophet like Moses, and that he needed to be listened to. Guess what? It's Jesus Christ. We see that here in this passage. We see that Jesus is the one that is so important. He has uh, been for us now at this time so much more important than the law or the prophets. He is the son. He is the son of God. He is the son of man. We need to listen to him. Let's make sure that we heed that warning about the prophet. Now, I want us to, to see this warning that's given to us, even in the Old Testament. Now, Deuteronomy chapter 18, right here, this is talking about Jesus Christ. We've seen these connections already, and we've, we've even seen some of them uh, being connected in that Mount of Transfiguration. This is talking about Jesus Christ, even though it's in the Old Testament. And we can see that it is so important that we listen to God's son, to God's prophet right here. Deuteronomy chapter 18 verses 15 through 19. Now you kind of notice that this goes back and forth between what Moses is saying to the people, but then also what the Lord said to Moses. So we, we see a little bit of mix of both of those things, but I think that'll make sense once we get into it. Verses 15 through 19. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your fellow Israelites. You must listen to him. For this is what you ask of the Lord your God at Horeb on the day of the assembly when you said, let us not hear the voice of the Lord our God, nor see his great fire anymore, or we will die. The Lord said to me, what they say is good. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their fellow Israelites, and I will put my words in his mouth. He will tell them everything I command him. I myself will call to account anyone who does not listen to the words that the prophet speaks in my name. Well, family, we know who that prophet is. Jesus Christ is the great prophet, this prophet that, that they were expecting, this prophet that they were waiting for, and this prophet that we must listen to. 
But you know, he's so much more than just a prophet. We must listen to him. Remember this, this warning here in verse 19, that God said, I myself will call to account anyone who does not listen to my words that the prophet speaks in my name. Jesus Christ is that prophet who spoke these words in the name of our Heavenly Father. Let's make sure that we listen to him. We must listen to him. To him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before his glorious presence to God.